Welcome to another edition of the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. I'm Eric. It is, what is it, March 22nd, so we'll be chatting about movies from the 23rd. It's the 21st. Oh, oh we're it's ahead. the 21st? Oh, man. My brain thought it was the 22nd, because I wanted to do this tomorrow. It is a Wednesday. Both yeah. you guys were working. And I saw the poster when I came in here that said March 22nd, and it was in the front, so I was like, oh, it must be the 22nd. That's all I know. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a day ahead of myself. But yeah, it's the 21st. We'll be chatting about the 23rd through the 29th. A whole bunch of stuff this week. And we're finally making our way through all the Oscar nominees. It's starting to slow down here now. So I think this run we've had of screening Shape of Water and Three Billboards and all these movies for weeks, if not months, I think it's natural progression. But even so, I saw Three Billboards last night. There must have been 80 people in the crowd still. And and that's, yeah, that's a good turnout now, too. Like it's As so, we speak, yeah. I love the, the, like how perpetual it seems. Like You come in and you're like, well, what's, what's playing again? And you're like, it's Shape of Water, isn't it? But like, people keep coming, and it's, it's nice to see they're loving the film. Well, Lee said that he felt bad a few weeks in a row because there was a few weeks in a row where it was pretty much all repeats. But you forget that most human beings don't go to see three movies in a week. Mm-hmm. So if we're showing... Shape of Water and Three Billboards and Call Me By Your Name in a week. It's good that we hold them over because people will kind of just marathon through them over the eight weeks that we have them. Kind of. Anyhow, yeah, so this Friday, the 23rd, the last Best Picture nominee that we're screening for 2018 is The Post, which is... Steven Spielberg's The Post. Steven Spielberg's The Post. (laughs) Sounds more fun. That's what we're calling it. And it's funny because it was... Not that only, but it was only nominated for two awards, Best Picture and Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Which is just an award. It's just own. an award. <laughs> the like, Meryl Streep Award. It's at a point where if she doesn't get nominated, people go like, oh, it must have been bad. I'm like, yeah. well, no, you don't get... Like, <laughs> she's been nominated 30 times in 40 years. Like, she has to be nominated for everything she does. Yeah. Yeah, and then when a movie comes out that she doesn't get nominated for, people, it raises eyebrows. And I'm like, well... You know, it doesn't happen every time. Yeah, it would be fun if she picked projects based on, like, daring them to nominate her. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not picking this. Like, Road Trip 3, come on. Man, the, the way that the stupid... Is there a Road Trip 2? The, there is. It's it's I... a direct-to-video unrelated. Uh, oh, okay. Not that I've seen it, but... Without Tom Green. Yeah, somehow they couldn't get him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not as good. Weird. It's weird to think about, but I would not be surprised if in Fast and Furious Part 10, Meryl Streep shows up. Sure, because be well, didn't Helen Mirren do the last one? Yeah, Helen Mirren and Kurt Russell and Charlize Theron, and so they're getting Whoever you know they want. <laughs> anybody. So yeah, so it, she seems the kind of person if they went to her and said, "Hey, do you want to play this like villain in a cameo, and we'll give you a dumb truck of money, and you get to like shoot somebody?" She mm-hmm. might be like, "Yeah, cool," you know. Uh, she get nominated for it. She get nominated. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember a couple of years ago? I don't remember which one it was, but I think Vin Diesel was legitimately trying to pitch the Fast and the Furious movie for Oscars. I forget which one it was, but he was like, this is a great movie and everything. And it's like, no, Vin, you're, you're, you get <laughs> all the money, the you don't get any of the it awards. It could have been like whichever one uh, Paul Walker died. It might like have been that one. Seven. Yeah. I want to say seven. Oh, God, I don't know. It's a blur. How many are there? Is it eight now? <laughs> I, all, all I know is that we're going to live in a world with ten Fast Furious films. No less than 10. No less than 10. And w- I was going to joke that Helen Mirren should be in one, and then he was like, she's she in the last yeah. one. I was like, oh God, my joke just died before it even began. The post is interesting because as we speak, Ready Player One is coming out in theaters soon, next very, week. Very soon, yeah. Yeah, next couple of weeks. Yeah. And this is nothing new because you go back to, what was it, 93, and you had Schindler's List and Jurassic Park out within 
a yeah, year of each like, other, six months each of each other. It was like ninety four, I want to say. Yeah, no, I think or they were very in the, late ninety three. I think 93. they were. Yeah, they were in the same Oscar year because Jurassic Park was nominated for effects and Schindler's List was nominated for like the legit awards. Yeah. So it's nothing new that Spielberg goes through these runs of maybe a couple years off and then extreme productivity on top of the movies that he's producing, which some of them I'm sure he just slaps his name on, but some I think he's actually involved with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so The Post, which is you know a traditional kind of fight the power journalism film. Oscar bait, some might say. Yeah, and then now we'll get Ready Player One, which is almost like him going back to his roots, really. Yeah. It's been a little while. When, like, I mean, he's done some stuff like Tintin or... Yeah, yeah. But it's, this is, despite some people doing a bit of a backlash because of the nostalgia thing, it's a big sci-fi action car chase. Yeah. You know, with a kid in the lead. So yeah. a little bit bigger scope, but akin to something like E.T. or Goonies yeah. or that kind of stuff. You might say he's going back to the future. Whoa. Yeah? You see? <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I want to say I thought of that like a week ago. I'm like, God, please set this up. I wish it well. I hope it's good. I always want a movie to be good. Did and you read the book? I did read the book. And because I'm like, I'm not going to midlife crisis. I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> but the closest I am to midlife crisis, I think, is that I really like nostalgia right now. And it's right in my wheelhouse. So mm-hmm. I like that John Carpenter has a new album out. And I like that Stranger Things is on TV. So this movie that has references to whatever everything everything (laughs) and i did like the book i know some people didn't like the book but i thought the book was good too and fun and extremely meta and i've kind of avoided too many spoilers about it Mm. but i'm curious to see what makes it because there's stuff in the book that you know you think spielberg kind of can just make a call and be like hey disney can i please use this but i think in the book there's you know star wars references and some stuff we've just seen on the poster like iron giants in it or the delorean Or Freddy Krueger, I think yeah, I spotted. Yeah, Chucky's in there, apparently. But you so, can't just call George Lucas now and be like, hey, yeah, can I borrow those yeah, guys? Oh, it's not you anymore. Yeah, that's... It, apparently, it's uh, pretty different from the book as well. Like, uh, possibly just to make it a bit more fresh for people who have read the book. But, yeah. Or to tone down So Like, I haven't read it. My wife read it and said that, like, it, it's a bit overly descriptive at times. Like, just it, the density of the descriptions for some stuff. But, you know. I listened good. to it. And it was read by Will Wheaton, Ooh, who I think ah, is fun. in the book. He's oh, right oh really? Yeah. So <laughs> that makes sense. It's like extra meta, where yeah. it's very strange. And Max Hedrum's a pretty got like a, a not a big role, but Max Hedrum is in the book, mm-hmm. played by the great Matt Frewer, Canadian native. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if Matt Frewer is in the movie playing Max Hedrum because I want to see that. They could do so much. It's just we're at the point now where we're just like, please do fun things like that. Like, yeah. it's, you have the money and the power. Like, just do it. And I'm just not very negative about such things. I'm like, oh, somebody's trying to make something big and entertaining. That's mm. okay. And, you know, I'm okay with the comic book movies and all these things. Yeah, and it'd be one thing if, it, if it's like a, a 25-year-old dude making this with no concept of whatever. But, I mean, when you when you bring in a li- living legend like that, yeah. you can just be like, yeah, I kind of invented this in some ways. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And you're like, okay, even if it's bad, like, man, good luck. I felt similarly about Spielberg producing Super 8. Yeah. Because Super 8 is like a tribute to the Spielberg Goonies era, and he produced it. And I'm like, are you allowed to produce a tribute movie to yourself? <laughs> yeah, like they, they just cram like three to five Spielberg movies kind of into one movie in a yeah. way. And like, but not in a rip-off sense, you know. No, like, like, they did a pretty good job with that. He's at that point now where he is the nostalgia, but with a movie like The Post to stay on point, mm-hmm. right, right. He, he can still do a zero special effect 
character movie, mm. which he doesn't have to. He could do whatever he wants. So it shows that he is that he does want to be a storyteller, that he does is interested in character. Yeah, and I'm sure that wasn't a very expensive film either. Like And probably a film him, where yeah. even Hanks probably didn't get a lot of money. He probably yeah. just did it for points or whatever. Same with, same with him, you know, he's at the point where he can do whatever he wants. Oh, yeah. So, and Streep as well, like, it's just, I've heard uh, several people say it's sort of, not to say, like, return to form, because it's Spielberg, but, yeah. like, just that it's it's a great, you know, later effort kind of thing that kind of, it didn't get a ton, I mean, it was up for Best Picture, but it didn't get a ton of press. No, really. like, and it wasn't a flop, but it didn't make $300 million yeah. either. So, but even that, it shows that even when you're a big shot, you still got to be, like, Okay, we'll do this movie for thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. It'll make like eighty or ninety. Yeah, there you go. Like we're not going to make it for a hundred because that scale of talent, that scale of their foot in the door, they still have to make compromises. Yeah. Sometimes they have to be like, okay, I'm going to make the post, but then I'll produce another Transformers movie for you. Yeah. And they kind of do that. So it's kind of when he was working on with like Robo Apocalypse, I think it was called. Yeah. Well. I don't know when that's coming out, but that one was like over a hundred million. I think it was filming in Montreal actually, and I oh, was cool. like, I always get this mental picture, like oh, we should go there. Yeah. Be in Robo Apocalypse. Want <laughs> to like, hang out with the robots? Yeah. Where are they? And it's funny because I was just chatting today about a guy came in just to watch some of his short films on the big screen, and we were just chatting about what great programming we've had lately and i i think i might have mentioned this before but it's really this weird chain of events of more blockbusters being produced than ever meaning there's no room for the other movies Mm. so anyone who complains that there's nothing to watch but transformers and triple x movies they're wrong it's that not triple x not porn (laughs) no not porn unless you come to a saturday (laughs) cinema you you never know you never know (laughs) Why did they call that movie Triple X? I don't know. And they made three of them. <laughs> Why is this happening? Let's, let's say Fast and Furious instead. You know, like or they, call it X X X. X, it's like, X it takes forever to say. Doesn't roll off the tongue yeah, at all. Not at all. There's not just those movies. It's your fault if you go to the multiplex on a Friday night. And good stuff. Like there's still good films out there. There's, mm. there's some great big blockbusters. But if Black Panther's on four screens and True Raiders on three screens and Ready Player One's on three screens. That's it, you know? And so we have been able to take advantage of that. And if you look at our schedule this week, it's pretty astounding that right after the Oscars, we have a Best Picture nominee and uh, a movie called A Fantastic Woman, which was the Best Foreign Film winner, Mm -hmm. where you think that the multiplex would be like, we want to have that but they don't they just, I feel like they almost find that it's like too awkward to try to like program like they don't want to put in the time to like figure out what time is best what day of week you know like it's just it almost seems like from their perspective it's easier to just have Black Panther in you know five screens yeah and just be like well because it, yeah it's pro- already proven to yeah. be so successful so why not and, and that's better for us so and that's why every once in a while you'll see something weird like I don't know what the next Pixar movie is but like Toy Story 4 or whatever and if you go to a multiplex you'll see Toy Story 4 on at 10 p.m. at night. And you're like, why is this on? And it's because contractually they have to play it four or five times a day. Oh, man. And so they just have to put in a thing. There'll be like one person in the audience or zero people, but that's just part of the... They have to do that. Yeah. And I remember a little while ago, Disney tried to pull that with the independents and say, you can only have these movies if you show it like that. And I think everyone just kind of called their bluff and went, well, we can't show your movies there. Yeah. And they realize that, yeah, okay, you know. It's like, we're still both trying to run a business here. Like, come on. Like, if you look at, for example, The Post or A Fantastic Woman, we're playing both of those five, four times, but once a day. Like, we're not playing them two, three times a day. 
because you know the, the blessing and the curse of one screen yeah that's all we have to play with so i saw the trailer for a fantastic woman in front of three billboards last night it looks really good yeah it's supposed to be excellent a transgender woman her boyfriend dies and this is just from the trailer so i don't think it's anything spoilery but i couldn't tell if he if she didn't know that he was cheating on his family with her so that's kind of the plot is he mm -hmm. dies and then she's put head to head with his wife and kids Ooh. and she's our protagonist like she's not the bad person in this no no she's fantastic apparently yeah that's, <laughs> that's what the title what is. i'm told <laughs> but it looks really good so that's the best foreign film winner that's from spain you know two big shot oscar caliber movies we have this week and then we have three three new films to us one's called the party no peter sellers not the other movie called the party <laughs> yeah mean, i know andrew was excited probably briefly there but yeah I wonder if any of the stupid middleman movie listing sites will say that we're playing oh, probably Peter Sellers. We'll be working and Andrew will be in the box office and someone will come out being like, isn't this the Peter Sellers movie? Yeah, I think someone had a private rental of the Peter Sellers one like a few months ago. Yes. It was, even it was in my head and I was like, what, the party again? That's fun. I've joked about this before, but having not seen the party and don't know much about it but I like it because it's 71 minutes long oh man and I love a short movie yeah including credits too probably so. yeah that means it's probably like a you know 66 <laughs> minute movie yeah it's a dark comedy about a party gone wrong essentially it uh, won at the Berlin Film Festival for the director and at the British Independent Film Awards for supporting actress Patricia Clarkson like I said I 71 minutes. Yeah, you're, oh, you're love it. Who else is in it? Timothy Spall. Yeah, it's got a big British cast. And then I think there's a... Oh, oh um, Killian Murphy's in it. Yeah. Nice. It looks like something that might be like... I don't know, but it looks like something that could have been a play. You know, like six yeah. or seven people yeah. on stage. So I think that's why it's probably so simple and nice and short. Not to be confused with the Peter Sellers, the party. Yeah, yeah. which, uh, you know, also great. But this yeah. one looks great in its own right. And it's short, so we love it's it. It's short. Oh, I love a short movie. <laughs> Then this Friday, I'm going to come check this one out, is called Thoroughbreds, which I'd never heard of before, but it's a... It's Teen a, drama. It's like Heathers. Like, two or three times on the poster, it says, if you like Heathers, you'll love this. <laughs> when they do that, you might be home, but you're yeah. not alone. <laughs> like, uh, what are you trying to get at here? Yeah, I don't like Heathers. It's like, <laughs> man, when I was... I don't know how old... I was, like, early high school, Heathers was enormous like yeah. heathers was and i don't think in the grand scheme of history i don't think it was a giant blockbuster it's, it's, well, it's like more, a cult movie, yeah and it's it's like now got yeah, it's, it's sort of upper echelon but it's probably bigger type. probably more successful in video i think yeah i yeah. i saw it here mistaken. i saw heathers here whenever it came out 1990 1989 ish and i was like too young snuck in <laughs> you know i think it was restricted should not be watching this <laughs> i know i should not be here but so yeah, this is a dark comedy along those lines about upper-class teenage girls in Connecticut. It's uh, another award winner at the Denver Film Fest and AFI Audience Award nominee and London Film Fest nominee. Oh no, the poster says American Psycho meets Heathers. Oh yes. It's Lady Bird meets Heathers. Like, you heard it here first. Meets I American have not Psycho. seen anything about it. That what I did notice, sadly, is young Anton Yelchin is in it. Ooh. Oh yes, yeah, so it's like his last film. It's it's always sad when an actor is very prolific nowadays, hard working, mm -hmm. and they'll like he died quite a while ago, and so I think this is his last film. So it's always kind of bittersweet to get to see a last work of somebody who who died so young and was doing so much great stuff. Good. I always think that when you see someone's last role, like Jimmy Stewart and Five Goes West 2 or something, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I mean, come on. Or, or Orson Welles. Like. 
Orson Welles. Orson Welles in Transformers was brilliant. Hey, I'm not saying I'll have no bad mouthing <laughs> of the Transformers animated I love films. Animated great actors are always great. That's all I'm saying. The audio commentary for the Transformers animated film is amazing, and they're not shy about saying that Orson came in, was 400 pounds and drunk. <laughs> I like where you're going with this. And just basically was like, "I'm the bad guy. I'm the Transformer. Look out for me." <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's good, sir. Can we do that again? Uh, no, I'm leaving. You know, like, <laughs> so they were not They were like, yeah, he, it was the Krusty the Clown yeah. cliche <laughs> that you thought it would I be. I should be the director of this picture. Oh, poor Orson. <laughs> I poor love him Orson forever, was. though. Uh, he's, he is great. I always think of the great Raul Julia. Oh, yeah. Raul and Julia. Street Fighter. Yeah, I think Street we Fighter. talked about this at one point. Yeah, that's his last role. It's so, yeah, and apparently he just, you can just see him, like, so weak as the movie goes oh, it's on. so sad. Ah, it's too Poor bad. bastard. I just always think of him in Adam's family, and I mean, yeah. among other things, but just, he's so, like, vibrant and chipper, and you're just yeah. like, ah, God, this really took a turn. No, like, it took oh, a turn. Anton Yelchin. Poor Anton. <laughs> and then uh, another film this week, this new, that I'm very glad that we got, very interesting that we got, because I knew that this film's business model was essentially a Netflix film getting a little bit of a big screen outing. Yeah, well, it, it was the other way around, I had heard. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, they dumped it on Netflix after it was like done and ah. complete, but only in Europe, basically. And so it's like screening in the US and Canada theatrically. But my understanding, I could be wrong, but my understanding was that Netflix was only involved once the studio was like, oh, this movie's too smart, let's just dump it uh, in Europe. Well, I think, I could be wrong, but I think in Netflix... U.S. Okay. It's on as we speak. Yeah. So, so I it's, I'm, I'll concede to you on this one. It's a business model that I like because there's certain films that are now going straight to Netflix mm-hmm. because we live in a world where there's too much good stuff being made. And again, anyone complains that there's not good stuff being made, you're wrong. Like There's just so much evidence. <laughs> but a, a few months ago, a year ago, I was sad when it came to be that the, the new Pee Wee Herman movie was going straight to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I will confirm nor deny that... <laughs> We may have watched that here after hours. No one could know. But you can't know. That yeah, didn't yeah. happen. So this is great because it's a very cool-looking, female-empowered sci-fi film. I like that we haven't even said the title Female-centric. Yet. We really, like, yeah, we, up all this hype and we didn't say the title and yet. And it is. If you can figure out what it is. Starring Natalie Portman <laughs> yes. from the director of Ex Machina, right? Yeah. 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 Rhymes with... Uh-oh. <laughs> Rhymes with Benihablation. <laughs> yeah, those are words. Annihilation. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Oh, man. And so we have we have managed to squeeze it in for a few nights because there's film fans out there who, even if they know that it's on their Netflix horizon, want mm. to come and see it on the big screen. And here especially. If we lived in a world where Star Wars was coming out on video on demand the mm. same day as big screen, I'd want to go for that big screen and, and experience. It sort of did. Like, yeah. Well, that second day that we had it, it came out of digital. And it was just like, I mean, that's just not the same. No, I, mean, yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. how big your TV is. Like, watching it here is just so much better. And so, yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. I hope that happens more of Netflix-style movies getting a little push, even just for, like, a week yeah, in, like, I, indie theaters. The Cloverfield one would have been kind of cool to see. Yeah. Like, I, I get it on that one, but, like, this one in particular, though, is is quite good. And, uh, and then, you know, people have been loving it, but it's just, like, where can we watch it? And what's the new... There's a new one... Not to plug Netflix, but the new one on Netflix. <laughs> we can't stop. Oh, God. The one from the director of Moon. David uh, Bowie's son. Mute? Yes. So that got a one-night screening. A friend of mine in Los Angeles watched it there, and the, the filmmaker was there. The and actually, played. Ryan Johnson, I believe, hosted the night Ooh. and like talked to the filmmaker and stuff like that. That's dope. They do little things like that because you know they have a handful of screenings, go to a couple of festivals, mm. and then you can still get 
Oscar nomination. Yeah. It's so weird how that happens these days. And that's going to happen more and more, I think, too. This is a good movie for here, though, I will say. Like, yes. Because it is it is very heady, and it's one of those... And interestingly enough, uh, one of the biggest influences on that was Stalker, which we showed a couple of months ago as oh, well. Oh, yeah. And so they, cool. they drew a lot of visual uh, influence from that, so it's kind of a good year for esoteric sci-fi like, I, I don't know what it's about but I just love that the tagline is a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply Whoa. that sounds cool yeah forbidden zone <laughs> forbidden for, we don't know <laughs> you'll see is there, is there dinosaurs in it I like dinosaurs <laughs> there are <laughs> animals yeah. oh animals there's, there's a bear in it dinosaur-esque <laughs> That's to like, a point bears are like dinosaurs I mean, everything came from dinosaurs, right? So, in that respect... I think so. 6,000 years ago. Yeah, it's really going out there in this one. <laughs> so, that's our regular films. Then we have a few special presentations. Our latest round of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, hosted by the spectacular Absent Friend Shadowcast. We've got to start keeping track of this the way we do the room. Yeah. Because we're getting... Nobody knows. Yeah, it's all a blur. <laughs> but we've been doing it monthly for quite a while now yeah when we weren't doing it monthly we still were doing it frequently yeah and, and do you count the october separate screenings as individual screenings if you did i don't even know what the number would be at this point like but this gang like of the absent friends have been doing it with cast changes yeah for years now yeah. and we've built up to being the biggest thing in canada for rocky horror and some staggering stat the third biggest in the world or something yeah. just when you look at our performances and sales yeah. and that kind of stuff so i'm gonna say second because we don't know for sure so i'm bumping us up to second yeah i say second i think it's like you know the one in london england is yeah. more popular no one can disprove we're not second at yeah. this exact moment so and i haven't heard back yet but i have applied to guinness book of records oh, trying oh, to really? trying to figure out for the room and for rocky horror yeah if anyone wants to apply for record it costs like five bucks to apply oh nice and then they will, you, you give them as much information as you can, and then they say it could take six months or a year, then they get back to you and go, yep, you are the longest running one. Then you gotta pay way more money if you want yeah, like yeah, someone sure. to come, but I'm like, man, I just want a certificate or something. Just, yeah. If I can pay like 20 bucks and get like a certificate to put on the wall, and yeah. get into a book. That's like, all. Yeah, because then you could pay to have somebody come to your event or do yeah. that. I'm like, nah, that's okay. Okay. That'd want be fun. For the 200th one, you know, yeah. then hopefully we'll figure it out. But man, I'd love to be in a book that says, of all the things we could be respected for, <laughs> our legacy. Yeah, we, we need respect. Anything, you know. We're the Roddy Nagerfield of cinemas. Yeah, so. the room, the room of Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah, we can do this. Andrew, did you work the room on St. Patrick's Day? No, oh God, no, I didn't even think of that. I know Melissa. Melissa did then. I know she's alive. As soon as we realized that was happening, everybody went, "Oh no." I think we got through it okay. I don't think anything. Obviously, we had security that night. I'm assuming. Yeah, I just imagine. 50 bros with green face paint was, showing up. Yeah. It was only 98 people. That's odd. Not 100, though. It's close. Which, which is, you know, yeah. decent, but... I was probably watching a leprechaun marathon at that point, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's still... I have a good life. The other special presentation we have is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It is a... Is it Saturday or Sunday? It is a Sunday afternoon presentation. It's a fundraiser, $20 tickets for the Glengarry Pipe Band. This looks interesting. Yeah, this looks yeah. awesome. Man. Whiskey Galore, which I don't think I've seen, but a number of people have popped up on Facebook or Twitter and been like, like this is my right. favorite movie. People have been calling in, too. They're like asking about tickets. They're like, it's an amazing movie. It's so good. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, it was, I think it was based on a book. And I'm like, Man, you were animated about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I got to come see this. Well, so it's from a director, a British director, Alexander McKendrick. It's an Elaine Studios movie. Oh, cool. So I think he did like, a bunch of those with like Alec Guinness and... Ooh. 
I think he also directed Sweet Smell of Success okay. with uh, yeah, yeah, Burt yeah. Lancaster and Tony Curtis. Nice. Which is, that's an amazing movie. But I haven't seen this one, but but yeah, it looks really interesting. You know what? I think I've seen the remake. I think they did a remake a few years ago. Really? And I think I saw, if not a remake, it was a very similar type film about small town and booze and stuff like that. Oh, um, you're thinking of that Ken Loach movie. Yes. The Angels Share? Yeah. Yeah, that I think that's different. That's different. <laughs> I, I love know. his deep cuts. Yeah. Like he just comes out of nowhere with like, ah, oh, actually, it was this. I'm like, man, he's on point today, and every day, every day. <laughs> Whiskey galore. Whiskey yeah. galore. With, it, it with an exclamation cool. point. There's going to be a short performance from the pipe band, which is kind of cool. I assume are great. Yeah, then, they did remake it. Ah, well, that well. wasn't crazy. With oh, it was a TV movie with Eddie Izzard. I've totally seen. It. So yeah, so that's what my brain Still is counts. like. I haven't seen this movie, but I've seen this movie. That's a, I actually was gonna totally give that to him. I gotta I gotta be honest. Uh, you were like, okay, maybe it wasn't the same. No, I knew it was. I knew ah. it was. <laughs> my friend Tom was saying that it's if not, I think his favorite film. He said, and wow. so it's one of these movies that isn't front and center like yeah. Casablanca, but for a lot of people, it's their favorite classic film. And a true rarity to get to see it. So rentals like this are fun for us because they're renting it, they're getting the ticket sales, mm. but it's an excuse to show an old movie. Yeah. More and more, that's the old movies that are on our screen. When it's Grease or Sound of Music or Whiskey Galore, yeah. it's a third party renting it for like a fundraiser. So we still, like, people can just come mm-hmm. and it costs a couple bucks more, but it's all going to a good cause and you get to see a live performance as well. So and I got, you didn't even say the best part yet. What's that? The booze. Oh, there's going to be oh, booze. Oh, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> two kinds of whiskey. Oh, I think there's going to be sausages or something. Oh, man. There's going to be whiskey galore in a way. Wow. There's two. There's yeah. Two, but still, it's still. Sausages galore. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what they're going to do. It's going to be a sausage fest. <laughs> yeah. That's a. That's you a might say. That's a different movie. Yeah. That's a different. So that's all our films. Then we have a special event for CBC Radio. And it's All in the Day Goes to the Movies, A Fontaine Farewell. Their film critic, Robert Fontaine, has been on the show, been at CBC for 25 years, and he's retiring. And so this is kind of a celebration of his career, and it's kind of an extended thing. So from 3 till 5 on March 29th, so it's a Thursday, so it's 3 to 5 in the afternoon on the 29th, All in the Day, CBC will be here doing a live broadcast, talking to people. And they'll be showing clips on the screen of some of Robert's favorite films. Then there'll be a Q&A. And then at 6.15, one of Robert's favorite films, a secret film, yeah. is going to be screened. So it's, it's a big extended day. Okay, so even if you can't come for the first part, come for the film. Those two things are like two of the coolest things that I've seen here. Especially that, like just doing a live telecast from the lobby. and stuff. Yeah. And the extended thing said they're going to talk with some people from the radio. I think they're going to t- chat to us possibly about some stuff. Some, we'll some make it our business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get right so, in there. Uh, you got everything you need? It's like, yeah, we're on the air. No, no, ah. did you need anything? It's always fun when we do stuff like that. Yeah. Spoiler, it's whiskey glory. That's what are just going to show you. Like, like, I just saw this. Spoiler, it's a Fast and the Furious film. Wait, imagine it was the TV movie of Whiskey Galore. Oh, I'm like, wow. this is one of your favorites? Like, oh, all right. Yeah, I genuinely don't know what it is. I'm, you know, he's a film critic, so not to stereotype him, but I'm assuming it might be like a Citizen Kane or a Casablanca. Yeah. And but... I'm imagining, like, I mean, he's been reviewing films for 25 years, but I would presume it may well be before 25 years. Because again, you know, not to stereotype film critics, but I would love if it's like. The Power Rangers yeah. movie is. Yeah, I don't even know. Like I that's your even, retirement party. It's, yeah. yeah, it's Chicken Run. Everyone, we're like, yeah. all right, I guess. Oh, I'm sad. I can't watch Chicken Run anymore because Mel Gibson's a monster. I, I was thinking right after I said it, I was like, oh wait, we're not supposed to like that anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, so that's about it for this week. There are a couple of cool things that we have 
booked, I think, since last time. The biggest thing is Best Friends or Best Fiends, the final cut. So if you were here a couple months ago when our pal Greg Sestero was visiting, he screened. It was a bit more than like a work print cut, but there was a warning at the front that basically said, this is an unfinished version. Mm -hmm. The editing's not complete. There's a temporary track, like some stuff like that. So like all the score is going to be replaced, you know, and just little boring techie things like yeah. color correction and some of that. dragons yet. Yeah, all the special effects. <laughs> so on April 6th and 7th, we have the final cut of Best Friends. Then, I can't say for sure, but I think not too soon afterwards, not too later afterwards, it's like Kill Bill style. Yeah. So I think within three or four months, like we'll this have... This year for sure. This year, yeah. yeah. Because in the States, there's a thing at the multiplexes that I hate because they have exclusivity contracts and it, it's what keeps us from showing stuff like riff tracks and Godzilla movies and stuff like that. The multiplex in the state show them. They have a contract with Cineplex. Even when Cineplex doesn't show them, we still can't oh, show them. That's annoying. So the good news is that in the States, this Best Friends screening is a front row center event. It's the same thing that if you see like a wrestling match or a Broadway show mm -hmm. at a multiplex, it's those guys. Yeah. So we managed to get it. So I emailed Lee and I was like, is this good news? Does this mean we might be able to get more? <laughs> Am cool? I happy? Am I happy? <laughs> yeah. Is this, Am I dreaming? <laughs> is this life? To cut off the questions in advance, Greg is not here for this one. He can't be here all the time. Someone named Greg may be here. But Someone named Greg. Yeah, we're going to make sure. Not be Greg. Yeah. yeah. There'll be a Greg in the audience. <laughs> that's, yeah, we have to have That's contractual. Yeah. We hope to get him back as soon as we can. He's understandably busy on the heels of the Oscars and his book is still doing so well and with Best Friends and Best Friends 2 coming out. He's got that going, oh, so he's a busy guy. Yeah. But it popped up on Facebook. I was chatting with him the other day. It was, he said he was just giving me some information to put on the website. I just said to him, like, well, good luck. I hope things are okay in the trenches. And he yeah. kind of laughed, and he was like, yeah, it's busy. <laughs> you does, know? He, uh, does he do the editing as well, or, or oversee it at least? I think or? in the case of Best Friends, he's writer, actor, producer. Okay. So I'm sure he's involved, yeah, but yeah. he's not... He didn't direct it, mm -hmm. you know, so... I was always wondering about that because it was like it's obviously his vision, you know. So he'd want to be pretty involved, especially that editing process. Well, especially a little film like this. It's he said when we saw him around the holidays, he said that he didn't go home to mums for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, he and missed Christmas. He oh, missed man. Christmas. That's and I was sad. like, we took his Christmas away from him. We yeah, did. We <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> We're not best fiends with him anymore. No, yeah. we are, I guess. <laughs> But he said, like, you know, sometimes in life, the book you wrote is nominated for an Oscar, and you just kind of got to go, well, no social life for the next yeah, yeah. couple months. I think that, you're allowed. <laughs> yeah, so. Excited to see that, because it's, uh, you know, not just because I'm kind of friendly with him now, but I actually liked Best Friends. Like, I, I thought it was, and it sounds like such a backhanded compliment, because it's comparative to The Room, but it was a real film. Like, yeah. it, it had good supporting actors, and Tommy was Tommy, but he was, I think, being directed by an actual director. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing the final version and seeing part two as well. So and I'm sure it, uh, it it must have thrown people off at first when they're when they're like expecting it just be the Wiseau show, you know, just exactly like yeah. going nutty. And they're like, wait a minute, this has a plot and stuff. <laughs> April sixth and seventh, so mark your calendars and come and see Best Friends: The Final Cut. I'm excited. We're gonna wrap this up. You haven't heard Andrew Luck because he's actually concentrating on his job. Yeah. <laughs> he's hopefully he's clicking. Hopefully the clicking wasn't too. He's he's on his old timey typewriter writing yeah. up stuff. He came through in the clutch though a couple of times with yeah. the key information. So do visit our friends at House of Target across the street. Check us out online. We're on all the various Facebooks, <laughs> Twitters, Instagrams. All of those. Check our website for updates. Don't check other websites; they're always wrong. 
Yeah. Don't check the newspaper. Don't check yeah, the yeah. newspaper. They're Thanks. always wrong. Andrew's updating it now, so we know it's literally happening. It'll yep. be good. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon at the movie. Keep on coming. Keep on buying popcorn. We'll keep trying to show you cool things. Bye. Bye-bye. We did it. We barely mentioned Star Wars. That's amazing. I wanted to work it in when he said Alec <laughs> Guinness, <me>. but... <laughs> Cut. Okay, we're going to scrap this and start again from scratch. need to mention Alec Guinness a few more times. Heather Chandler, Heather McNamara, Heather Duke, Veronica Sawyer. Why are you such a mega brat? Because I can be. The most powerful clique at Westerberg. God, Veronica, drool much? Most people would die to get into it. Heather number one just looked right at me. I'm worshipped Westerberg, and I'm only a junior. Veronica would kill to get out of it. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie. JD has come to answer her prayers. I'm a no-rest build-up man myself. We'll kill her. He's got a way with women. <laughs> a way with words. Is this as good for you as it is for me? Life can suck! And a very special way with a gun. Veronica can't live with him. Help! I love my dead gay son. And she can't live without him. Does this turn out weak or what? I have at least 70 more people at my funeral. What? Their meeting was destiny. That knife is filthy. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Take out her tonsils? Their love has a body count. I loved you. It's coming up here to kill you. That's it. We're breaking up. Young love. Heather's a killer comedy. I'm gonna have to send my SAT scores to San Quentin instead of Stanford.